Welcome to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla and I'm a personal trainer, entrepreneur, and mindset coach. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you all the goods through interviews with powerful women, sharing my experience coaching and training clients, and my personal insights to get you living fiercely in your life. So let's get to it. Hey, Kayla. Welcome to my podcast. I'm so glad you wanted to connect. I am so excited. We figured it out. Kayla and I, um, for those of you guys listening, went to middle school and high school together. And actually, we haven't seen each other in 11 years, not since Pemberton 2008. That's right. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so crazy. So, um, Kayla, I'm so excited that you're with us and that you're back on the island. How does it feel to be back after a year and a half? It's amazing. And now I'm living in Toronto. So coming back to the island is kind of shell shocking in a way, obviously. And the fact that it's May, it's spring, it's lush, it's so green. And it's funny because I just I'm driving in the streets, you know, with my sisters in the car and they were counting the other day. I was like, oh, my God, I, I love Victoria. I love Victoria. And I think I said it probably eight or nine times in the car. And they're like, Kayla, I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, look at the trees. Like, look at the nature. And it's just being gone so long and coming back. I have such a deeper appreciation for it. And it, it just makes me so happy. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you think you'd ever live back here again? Oh, for sure. I think we're, we're moving to Vancouver next month from Toronto. So that'll be incredible. And I'm I'm not sure how long we'll be there. Like, I'm just going to leave it open-ended, but I'm just thankful to be back in BC because yeah. obviously the West Coast is the best coast. Oh, my God. And the island, it's a vortex. It sucks you in. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kayla. Okay, so I have so many things I want to dive into you. Right now, you're doing mindset coaching, which is amazing. Um, but as I knew you when you were at Stelly's, I mean – we had a lot of similar friends. You were always way more athletic than I. I was like that stoner kid who was too cool for <laughs> athletics. Um, but you played a ton of rugby. Yeah. And that was like, that was your identity for a long time. I mean, I'm assuming that was your identity. That's what I felt. That's what I identified you with. What was that like going through high school and college? And take us, take us through that journey a little bit because I know that's changed your life in a big way. It totally did. So I started playing rugby in grade eight at Bayside and I continued all throughout high school at Stelly's, Queen Bees, and I played in um, downtown Victoria for James Bay. And then I went to UVic and I played for UVic for five years and I played competitively. And in 2013, I was selected for the university national sevens rugby team. And we we went to Russia and we competed there in the University Olympics, so it's called the Universiad. It's not that well known, so I just always try to make sure it's like University Olympics, not the Olympics, but it still (laughs) was like they literally had, you know, an athlete's village and they had everything as if it was the Olympics, which was incredible. And we ended up placing on the podium and winning a bronze medal. So that was like amazing for me. And I was so honored to have the opportunity to represent my country with that. 
And so at that point, that was obviously my peak in rugby. And after that, I had a year left at UVic and I finished playing for university in 2015. And then, yeah, it's funny you talk about identity because I legit had an identity crisis after that. And I, I wanted to keep playing, but then it was like, Kayla, you need to finish university and be an adult and start, you know, teaching with your teaching degree and do this, that and the other. And I was I was very lost because that was like the biggest thing that I excelled at in my life. And it's funny because I've spoken to other, you know, female Canadian rugby players who have played on the national team for like decades and they have talked about you know, the identity crisis that happens. Cause when you do that for so long and you know, you haven't, you know, nurtured other aspects of your life that it's like, what do you do after? So that was definitely, that was definitely an experience for me. And it's when I moved to China for a year, I played a little bit there and then I played a little bit in Toronto and I've gotten back into coaching. So I'm, it's still in my life and I might actually play again in Vancouver. So yeah, maybe it won't escape me, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. And it's, it's definitely taught me so much in terms of, you know, teamwork, hard work, being dedicated, even like in the trenches, just to keep pushing myself with my team. Like I love it. And those relationships are some of the best relationships that I've had in my life. That's amazing. That's so awesome. So tell me a little bit about that identity identity piece, because this is something that, you know, I'm, I'm so interested in. I, I really think the there's a lot of beauty in that psychology of where we, where do we get our our identities and how is that so impactful to who we are so can you t- talk about that juxtaposition of where you were at in university and the identity of being a rugby player and what else was part of your identity and then your identity now yeah so when i was in university I remember I chose UVic because I wanted to play rugby and you know my mom had planted the seed in my mind to become a a teacher and it's actually funny because it was from Courtney Taff who inspired me in grade nine to continue to play rugby she passed away from cancer she was also a physical education teacher and she taught socials but in French right so she had that French background and so I literally went to UVic and got a B.Ed. in physical education and French and I was playing rugby so it's funny how she impacted me so much even though she was only my coach for a couple months and so at UVic I was obviously a student like I was studying you know I loved the stuff I studied like anatomy physiology and obviously the teaching courses came later in my degree so I was the identity was like I'm a student I'm hardworking, I'm an athlete and it was just constantly my biggest passion was obviously for playing rugby because once I finished my degree, like right now I'm, I'm not teaching anymore. Um, I taught for a year while I was in China and I can talk a little bit more about that later. But it was definitely that summer of 2015. I remember they had the training camp again for the next year and like I was I was done playing, right? But I still had friends on the team and I wanted to go back and like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, is that okay if I come in? you know, to come train at the camp. And the coach was fine with it. But I remember the captain of the team was like, Kayla, you know, we need to have a focus on the players who are actually playing this year. And that was that was a moment I was like, wow, I was so embarrassed that I wanted to come back. Right. And I was that's when I realized I was like, okay, Kayla, you need to find other things that you love doing because it's not going to be like this anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that. So that was like the first, you know, sort of transition away from being an athlete and being known as an athlete and being really good at playing rugby. Hmm. That would be tough. That would be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, 
it was. How long did it take you to like kind of get find your feet after that? You know, I I feel like that kind of shock and embarrassment of like, oh shit, like this is not this is not where I am anymore. Yeah. Would I I, I know in my own life those kind of things have taken me off for quite a few months. So how long did it take you to like come through that? So in 2015, I left for China and I was teaching at a BC curriculum school and I was teaching physical education, planning and ESL. It was like a English speaking school. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was there, I missed rugby so much. My boyfriend was in Toronto at the time, still is. And when I was there, I remember thinking like, oh, I just can't wait to get to Toronto. Like I want to play rugby again. So I spent, you know, kind of the whole year thinking about it. But the really cool thing that happened was I found rugby in Shanghai. So I started commuting because I was about an hour out of Shanghai at the time. So I was commuting into Shanghai and I was playing at the Shanghai Rugby Club. And that was such a cool experience because it was all expats. So they had a very small girls team or women's team, I should say, but the men's team was pretty big. And there's people from all over the world, like France, Zimbabwe, South America, South Africa, like everywhere. And it was just, it was such an escape for me to go in on the weekends and, you know, we'd play touch rugby or I trained with the men's team and it was phenomenal. And then in the spring of 2016, I actually went and I played in a tennis tournament in Hong Kong. And we, the women's team for Shanghai, we collaborated with the university team in Shanghai. And the crazy thing was that they couldn't speak English. So it was like, there was some of the girls on my team that could sort of speak Chinese. So we were like mashing up English and Chinese. They still use a lot of the same like distinctive words like ruck, mall, tackle, that kind of stuff or knock on in English. But it was crazy to, at one point, I was the only English speaker on the field with them and we still connected and played. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is a language, you know, and we're not speaking. I mean, we're yelling at each other, but we're not speaking words that we know and we're still able to achieve a goal together. So that was like, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. And I remember we ended up losing in the finals, which sucks, but we played this team that was like a mashup from Australia and New Zealand, and they were just massive, strong women, and we were more petite, you know, women, like I'm not a big person, and the girls I were playing with were all, you know, more petite Asian ladies, and it was just like, I mean, fierce, obviously, but it was, yeah, it was crazy. So I went from Hong Kong, and then I came to Toronto that summer in 2016 and I started playing for the Toronto Saracens so I played that whole summer and like I loved it and it was really weird to be playing in the summer because usually it's like a fall sport in BC right so I played that summer and then I was like trying to juggle work so here we are again hitting the you know identity wall and I'm like okay I need to focus on building my personal training business because that's what I'm doing in Toronto right now so I had to I chose to stop playing and I started focusing on my work because taking nights off and traveling every weekend, it just wasn't feasible. And a lot of the girls on the team were like, you know, between the ages of 18 and 22. And I was like 26, 27 at the time. So that's when I started shifting. But then what happened was I started excelling with personal training. So then that started fulfilling my, I guess, I don't want to say ego, but in a way it was because I felt like, okay, here I am. I'm good at something again. Like I'm building on this. It's growing. I can see it happening, which is obviously what happened with rugby. Like I started, it's growing, it's happening. I'm doing well as an athlete. So now 
what I, I, I you just said a point and I, sorry, I hold that thought yeah. for just a second. Cause I, I don't want to let this go before we go too far into the conversation. You just said something that was absolutely magic. And you said, I had to No, I chose to, that's cool. Like I see you're a mindset coach now, right? Yeah. Like, is that, that's mainly what you do. And yeah. that distinction of like, oh, life forced me to make this decision. You're like, no, I saw the many decisions in front of me and I chose to stop. That's incredible. Yeah. Is that like, is that something you had to train yourself to do? Or is that something that's just like, no, I chose this. I, I, I think because of a lot of the personal development that I've done in the last five years that I honestly believe that anything is a choice. And if, say, if you can't choose your circumstances, you can at least choose your thoughts about it. And then that can totally shift your, you know, your internal feelings and your perceptions of the situation. So for me, when I chose to focus on developing my personal training business, I knew that rugby would be there forever. Like it's not going to go anywhere, but I was choosing to put my time and energy into something else, something new, because there was new skills to be developed there. And it wasn't like I was losing rugby, but it was that I was choosing to pursue something else for right now. And, and cause if, if I had said, you know, had to do this, then there's a lot of heaviness and resentment that comes from that. You feel forced. You feel like it's out of your control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and it, it was fully in my control, you know, and I think part of me too, if I really wanted to play rugby and work full time, I could have made it work. But the fact that commuting and the money and the time and just managing clients on top of all that, it, I didn't, I wasn't interested in that commitment altogether. So that's why, that's why, that's why I say I chose. Cause I did create what I ended up having and what I have now. That's awesome. I love that. So you started building this personal training business. Now you do some pretty interesting personal training as well. I've seen your Instagram videos. I've seen your stories. You do something called, correct me if I'm wrong, animal flow. Yes. So, so this is awesome. Like I'm, I've been into yoga since I was 11 years old. Like I just love all movement and what you're doing is cool and mixes so many things. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I discovered animal flow because, uh, it's sort of popular in Toronto because they teach it at one of the education centers there. And uh, one of my coworkers is... Is this like an education center for kids or... No, it's a fitness education. Okay. It's called DTS Education. Yeah, cool. so they teach different personal training courses and, and that that's where usually new personal trainers or just any personal trainer can go and gain more knowledge about anatomy and how to like, you know, fix their clients if they're having issues with joints and that kind of thing. So they also teach animal flow. And so... I initially learned this from one of my coworkers and he's like a phenomenal human being. And when I did this, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So basically for the listeners, animal flow is a blend of gymnastics, breakdancing and yoga, (laughs) which, (laughs) (laughs) which obviously sounds a little crazy. And usually what happens is when you see it because you don't understand it, there's like, there's no effing way I can do that. Like that's the initial reaction of people. And I've spent a lot of time in the last few months, especially teaching some of my clients and it's challenging. It's humbling because you're moving your own body. It's not like you're lifting dumbbells, right? Like you're, you're, you're moving on the floor body all the time. Like every day we move our own bodies. 
And I think why, why it's challenging is because you're on the ground, like your hands and feet on the ground and that shifts your center of gravity. And all of a sudden you're, you know, fully engaging your body and you need to have good mobility in your shoulders and your hips and your toes and your wrists a lot as well. Like there's a lot of pressure on the wrists, right? But it's, it's, uh, it's such a cool way to move because you, you use the energy and the force to, you know, to twist and turn and land and walk forward and backwards. And it's, it's a flow and the, the positions that connect together, are like call different animals. That's how, that's how this whole thing kind of cool. started. So that's, that is a piece of my personal training. It's something I love doing because I do it anywhere and everywhere. You don't need a lot of space for it, which is really neat. When I saw your first video, the first thing that popped into mind was like, oh, I wonder if she's into Ido Portal. No, that doesn't no. ring a bell. Oh, man, you would love this human being. He's incredible. <laughs> I would love to. Oh, man, that's like a whole different rabbit hole. But he's someone in, in my life who has inspired a lot more um, when I started watching his videos and, and looking at some of his teachings, I started to develop a more fluid yoga practice that was out of the normal realms of yoga. Like it just started to become play. Okay. And it's cool. very much his philosophy is like, okay, we need to play. We yeah. need to just like constantly play and have fun with it, but be serious about your play. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's really cool. You should check it out. I will definitely check that out. And it's funny because one of my posts on Instagram one time, I said, you know, I didn't feel like working out today, so I played instead. And then I was posting videos of animal flow because yeah. I, you know, just that moving around, like it's more playful because it's funny because exercising, we call it working out. Mm -hmm. Like, like working out what? You know what I mean? Well, obviously, you know, when you exercise and you move and it's it's good for your endorphins, it makes you feel good about your body and you get stronger and all that stuff. But it's not really called something exciting. Like imagine if everybody after work was saying, oh, I'm going to go play at the gym. You're like, what? What are you doing? Like what kind of play, you know, it just, it's totally playful. It changes your mindset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are you working out? Hmm. I'm, you know, I think a lot of people go to the gym to get their excess emotions out. Yeah. Like I'm going to work out my anger. I'm going to work out my yeah, frustration. Which is I'm going to work out the stuff that's stuck in my body from a five day work week. Totally. It's an interesting vernacular. That's yeah. cool. Okay. I'm going to change that. <laughs> I'm going to go play at the gym today. Perfect. Although I haven't, I haven't gone to the But you know what's funny too is when you say that, then I think, oh, like gymnastics, like you're going to go play like monkey bars, you know, yeah. like play outside, you know, even in elementary school or middle school, maybe not so much high school, but in those younger days, there's like monkey bars and the jungle gym and... I don't know. Kayla, we had that boulder outside. Like we had this big, because we went to Stelly's, which yeah. has this beautiful climbing wall, yes. right? So we had that boulder outside and you like, you go outside and you get on the side of the boulder and you like just work your way around it. Totally. Like we were pretty lucky in that. We yeah. had like an, an quote unquote adult playground at exactly. our high school. It was sweet. Yeah. Not that I used it very often. I was Neither did I, but it still looked pit. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, man. <laughs> what I'd say to that girl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. That brings me to the next thing that I would love to, to get in. That's this self-development piece. And I mean, I'm on this big, long track of self-development. I always will be once I, now I'm on it, I'll never get off. And, and I think that's going to be with me for the rest of my life, but you've been doing some crazy self-development work. What's, what's that been like? What have you been doing? Who have you been digging into? Well, I would say it was in 2014. Some people probably heard of this, 
but I did the Landmark Forum, which is through... Yes. Yeah, it's through a company called the Landmark Worldwide. And so I did Landmark Forum and it was it was life changing straight up. It really was the distinctions I got over the weekend of how to break down stories in my life and let things go. Just that put me on the track to where I am now. And after doing that, I did a bunch of other courses through the company and I started reading really good books and I started connecting with other like minded people who were more about understanding why we think the way that we think and the power of language and all of that. And I, that's definitely one thing that I noticed with my clients being a personal trainer now, you know, fast forward four years, five years since I did that course initially, that the ones that were thriving the most were the ones who had a great mindset. And what I mean by that is they believed that they could achieve the results they wanted with their health and fitness And the ones who say were more challenged with getting their results were the ones who didn't have a great mindset in the sense that it wasn't as empowering as it could be for themselves. You know, they they were thinking things like, you know, oh, it's going to take a lot of hard work. Oh, I can't do this. Like, why isn't this happening? Self-limiting. Totally self-limiting, self-sabotaging, that kind of thing. And that's really what what got me into mindset coaching because I thought, oh, my God, like if people don't have a good mindset with exercising and personal training their health and fitness they're not going to get the results they want like that's that's just like fixing a symptom Mm -hmm. you know rather than going to the root of the problem because if you have a great mindset about what you're doing then obviously you can achieve anything like that's just how I see it right yeah that's so interesting you know and I, I think you touched on a big point I'm I'm all about that in my athletic therapy practice like students come in and they'll be like oh you know I'm like having knee pain like can you help me with my knee pain I'm like yeah sure I like start working on their hip or I start making them do exercise or whatever and they're like can't you do something for my knee pain I'm like well I'm not going to treat the symptom yeah because it's a chronic issue and if I just treat the symptom if I like put a little bit of ultrasound on that knee for you and then send you out of here what am I doing for you you're saying like mindset and I'm just thinking all of these little pathways in the brain like let's rework that let's let's create these new beautiful pathways that give you this endless possibility belief it's funny now that we're talking we're going from like mental to physical it's usually when I start with clients I do one-on-one training and it's it we have to start with the foundations where you know, it's like, okay, your hip mobility isn't very good and your glutes are weak. Like we need to strengthen this. Like we're doing a lot of, you know, one-sided exercises like unilateral before we get to bilateral, which is like both sides. Right. And they're like, why are we doing this? Or say they're, you know, simple exercises with the shoulder movements and that kind of thing. And it's like, well, you need to have a solid foundation to build a mansion, Mm -hmm. right? If I just throw you under a bar and get you to start back squatting and your knees are caving in, like you're going to injure yourself. Right. So it's like mastering the basics. And it's funny because I, I teach this to my clients, like master the basics and you will move forward and you need to be patient. And even, you know, receiving education, like when I go to DTS fitness and I, I learn courses and stuff from them, it's like master the basics and, you know, that will excel your business. That will excel you mm-hmm. as a personal trainer and the services that you offer to people. So what are the basics with mindset? What would you be teaching? Like, what is the foundational piece that people can practice and implement in their life? Just like we say, master the basics with your squat, master the basics with like, get that mobility, get that foundation. What would be the mindsets for your 
the mindset's the foundation for your mindset. I think the number one thing is awareness in the sense of questioning everything, not to be resigned and cynical, but questioning why am I having this thought right now? Mm -hmm. Right? So then you start thinking, well, what's the why behind it? Like, and, and it's like, the other thing is um, really looking at where did this thought come from? Like, what are the sensations in my body right now? Because I'm thinking this, like, just to put a context here, you're driving down the highway and somebody cuts you off. And immediately it's like, oh my God, you effing asshole, like blah, blah, blah. And you just kind of, you get angry, right? And it's like, okay, well, why am I angry? It's like, well, obviously you're angry because you just got cut off, right? And physically- That would be the easy answer. Yeah, yeah, that would be the easy answer. But then, you know, it could be like now you're running late for work or maybe you're meeting, you're going in for a really important interview and it, like you're upset because you care about that and you're committed to that. And it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. But- what am I making it mean is like the next thing to ask. Like this person cuts me off. Maybe they just didn't shoulder check properly and it was like totally not a malicious thing at all. But then you make it mean that they're a terrible driver or they shouldn't be on the roads and, you know, they're ruining your day. Like we just add all this additional meaning right, on top of the things that happen in our life, like everyday things, right? And we can bring up previous experiences too where it's like, you know, you're driving and somebody cuts you off and say if like a woman cuts you off, like, oh my God, like women drivers are terrible drivers. And this is like such a stigma thing, but I'm just saying now you're grabbing from previous knowledge to like, or stereotypes. Exactly. Like, so you're just grabbing from previous knowledge and then you get to be right about it. So it like fuels your ego. Right. And I I think you can take that one step further too. And like, if someone cuts you off and you instantly get angry, if someone cuts you off for whatever reason, what does that tell you? It tells you like basically a, they need to get ahead of you and they don't care about you. So now they're attacking your value. Yeah. It's triggering you in probably into other situations in your life where you've felt your value diminished. Yeah, it's true. How can you fill that value cup on your own so that if someone cuts you off or in another situation in your life, someone attacks your value, how can you fill that cup up on your own so that nobody can attack it? You know your value. You're set. Yeah. There's that. And the other thing too in that situation is what if it's just not personal? Well, I mean, I don't think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think if it's, if someone is conscious with, how they're say we stick with that value analogy if someone's conscious on how much value they uh, how incredibly valuable they are or if they're conscious of where in their life they have lost value then they won't take it personally yeah but i think if you're not conscious of that we take it personally because essentially we're narcissistic beings yeah no i see that and it right it comes down to the the awareness thing yeah Oh man, I could talk about like this kind of stuff all day. Like I, I just love this stuff. I know, me too. When you talk about the foundation of the movements that you teach in the gym and then you talk about the fan- foundation of mindset, getting people in touch with their mind-body connection, even just realizing what sensations are going on, to me that's the foundation of that practice too, right? Yeah. And it takes practice too, right? Like I would say that newer clients it'll take them a month or two to start to notice 
their body and notice I'm not as tired. Like I can bend over and tie my shoes a lot easier now because I'm more mobile yeah. or I don't get exhausted when I'm going up the stairs at the subway mm-hmm. or I can carry my groceries longer. I don't have that elbow pain anymore. Like these are the, these are the things that happen, but it takes time. And I think that, and it's still, even with when you're shifting your mindset, like we've been doing this personal development work now for, for years. And it's like, it really takes time to, to shift the neural pathways and to change your language. And like, you know, a couple minutes ago when I caught myself and I said, I chose this, that, you know, five years ago, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just continued on, but it was just this awareness and catching myself and how I speak and paying attention to how I speak. That takes time. That's so awesome. Through all this work, what have been the pivotal moments for you, the aha moments of like things really, all of your personal development really connecting and really hitting home for you being like, okay, this has just changed my life. This has just changed my life. Like I'm sure you've had those moments. Yeah. Are there any that stand out being like, wow, this one was, this one was big. I think when I did the landmark forum, that was definitely the first moment. And then I kind of went through the last four years, like finished my degree, lived in China, moved to Toronto, like started a personal training business from nothing. Then in January this year, I, I would say I was like pretty miserable. Like things weren't going well with work and it was just really dark and dreary and cold as hell in Toronto. And Tara had her Manifest Mondays. So I remember thinking in January, she was sharing about how she created this course. That was the first round that she'd done. And I saw this online and I hadn't really been connecting with her, but I, I knew her from high school. And I saw this and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And I signed up and that was literally the moment where things shifted very quickly. And it was, I did her manifest Mondays. I did it like 110%. I discovered manifestation babe on Instagram. I did her five day challenge the same week I started Tara's course. And then from there, it was just this crazy snowball effect. I discovered like Amanda Francis and like all of these women, including Tara, were all really into manifestation. And then I could just see, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is all the mindset stuff. Like these are, you know, your self-learning beliefs. Like these are your stories. Like this is what is creating your future if you don't pay attention to it. And then it literally was like everything just fell into place. Like all the books mm-hmm. I read, the courses I'd done, the people I'd met and this, that was just it. And that's how this whole mindset coaching business started. And I created my first course and I taught my first course throughout the month of April. And then I started my second one. And it's the what's happened in the last three months is what I would think would happen over three years. Like it was yeah. like creating this course, Fierce Living, and then creating the second one, Fierce Manifestations, and then starting to do this online presence, working with a mindset and business coach, moving to Vancouver, manifesting our dream condo in North Van. That's so cool. And just like all these things just started moving. And I thought, this is crazy. Like it, it was, and it all started with what I was thinking. Yeah. And that was like the hyperactive moment was back in January when I really got into manifestation. I was like, oh, like it, it was just crazy how everything just started falling into place and moving and things started leaving and coming and going. And was that your first introduction to manifestation? No, I read The Secret. Oh, my God. How many years ago? Six years ago? Yeah. And I read The Secret and I was like, oh, my God, this is really cool. And then I kind of stuck with Law of Attraction for a little bit. But I think that the specific word manifestation that started in January. And actually my girlfriend introduced me to manifestation, babe, Catherine Zankina in December. But the, the biggest 
thing of this whole conversation right now is that I had heard about manifestation. I heard about law of attraction, like the power of now, all these, these personal development books I'd heard about them before, but it like, I wasn't ready to fully receive it. Right. And even in December when my girlfriend shared manifestation babe with me and, and she's like, Oh, free five day challenge, like this, this, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But I wasn't ready to take it on. And so it was when Tara talked about her course, Manifest Manifest Mondays, then that was like the moment where suddenly everything clicked. And I think it takes the right person or the right thing to resonate with. You might have heard something a thousand times, but just suddenly the way somebody says it or the way they do something, it just makes sense. Yeah. Right. And that's that's pretty much what happened in yeah. in the earlier times of this year. You know, that's so interesting that you said that. Like, I have similar experiences um, even through yoga or through learning about the chakras. You know, I've I learned I started learning about the chakras when I was probably 13 or 14 years old and have gone in and out of them over the years, got really into them um, probably in 2014 and started teaching yoga courses designed around them a couple years after that. And it's so funny because I just, you know, in the last year working with plant spirit medicine and working with other modalities, all of those teachings just clicked. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought I knew this. I thought I was like teaching from a place of like really deep knowing and doing all of that work before I started teaching it so that I could teach from a place of authenticity and integrity. And then this happens, you know, like almost 12 years after I started learning about them in depth and I'm like oh wow I know nothing and it was so interesting because it was like on a surface level or maybe maybe at a certain depth I thought I knew all this stuff but like you said I hadn't been in the right moment to receive the full teachings of it so I think I totally resonate with that and the other thing I I just want to say is the more you learn the less you know oh hundred percent which when you were just sharing that I was like you started learning more and then you realized how much for example you don't know yeah because you were learning more right yeah yeah it's so cool yeah I love that um when we were started talking about recording a podcast I asked you what were the top three top five books that really influenced your life and you mentioned the secret you mentioned the power of now which is awesome because I'm actually just I'm about halfway through it right now and um it was one of the recommended readings for a course that I'm doing I'm doing the compassionate inquiry with Gabor Mate right now and and this along with um Diamond Heart the Elements of the Real in Man by A.H. Almas were two of the recommended the first two recommended readings and you know you said the power of now so I was like okay I gotta get into this I gotta read this before the podcast haven't finished it I'll be honest, (laughs) life has been crazy and, and it's just, it's so interesting, but, um, I ha I, the last page that I read just so fits into what we've been talking about this whole time. And that's transformation through the body. And it's so cool. So I, I would love to hear a little bit more about the books that have influenced you, what part of them have influenced you and how that has kind of progressed your growth. Okay. Well, I would say I remember reading the secret when I picked it up 
I couldn't put it down. I think I read the whole thing in like six hours. Like I, I like, I just couldn't stop reading. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And my boyfriend was at work and I was like sending him pictures. I'm like, read this, read this, like taking pictures of the pages. Cause I just thought this is so, this is so amazing. Right. And I just loved the idea of having control of your life with your thoughts. And that was definitely the first thing where I really noticed it's easier to notice with law of attraction, when I try to explain this to people, I'm like, hey, you know, do you do you have those people in your life that are, you know, super negative and they're always crying about this or whining about that? And it's like the same shit keeps happening to them. And then the people that I'm talking to, like, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And like that, that is law of attraction. So everything that you put out into the world has this energy and this frequency and it attracts the same thing. And, you know, it's it's true. Like we're all a human being on this planet you know, we, we have access to all the same resources, but it's our language that creates our world. <clears throat> and uh, so that was really the first thing I was like, okay, so I like, you know, really started checking into my thoughts, right? And then when I read The Power of Now, I read that book quite a few years ago and I was listening to the audiobook and I also did not finish the audiobook <laughs> before this uh, little meeting today, but it, ju- it just brought me back to just being and living life without adding any meaning and paying attention to the inner body and your sensations and really being aware of the ego and what higher self is and I'll just I'll dive into that a little bit in case people are listening and they're like don't know what I'm saying right now yeah and before you do when you say sensations yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Can you clarify what you're talking about? Yeah. So say if you're feeling happy, the sensations you might experience in your body are like this like giddiness or this like this this flutter in your chest or that you feel light and you just feel like you're radiating sunshine, right? Right. And I think that um, when you pay attention to what you're feeling, then you know okay, what am I thinking? Because what you're thinking causes your your emotions, right? So, you know, if I'm happy, like when I was in Toronto, I was thinking about coming to Victoria and I was so happy. You know, I really was. And I, I was like, oh my God, like I just felt so excited. I felt energized. And that was because I was thinking of being, you know, where I wanted to be, right? But, you know, there's, there's other ways where with the ego, that's usually coming from a place of wanting to be like protective, right? Mm -hmm. And making sure that you're not doing anything to harm yourself. And the ego loves things that are familiar, you know, and it's like, for example, if you're meeting with a friend and they're usually late because that's just, you know, what they do. And you're like sitting there and you're waiting in the coffee shop. You're like, you know what? I bet you they're going to be late again. And you're like making them wrong, but you're feeding your ego. And even though you're speaking poorly about that person, it's like you get to be right that they're going to show up late. And that's like such a disempowering way to live from, but it's Mm -hmm. like a self-fulfilling prophecy because you create these stories and then you get to be right about it. So, you know, that's like, that's more of a, a negative thing you could say. But I think, you know, when you pay attention to your higher self and what makes you feel good and paying attention to your thoughts, which cause your emotions, and that's where you can get a lot of freedom in any situation right pay attention to your higher self what are you talking about here so your higher self like what you're truly interested in in your life like for me 
couple months ago when I thought, okay, I'd actually been thinking about doing coaching, like life coaching, mindset coaching, like when I first did the Limerick Forum like four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. So I spent those four or five years, here's a good example. Those four or five years were, were me living from my ego, which I was saying things to myself like I was trying to protect myself like Kayla you don't have enough experience you don't have the money you don't know what you're doing you've never started an online business before so I was just staying away from jumping in right Mm -hmm. but if I really if I really asked myself which I will call my higher self Kayla what do you want to do of course I want to be a mindset coach okay of course I want to help people of course I want to witness people's transformation and have them live like a more fulfilling life and elevate you know everything about their life, their relationships, what they want for money, all of this, right? So that's more like what you really want if there's no limits. And so when I started listening to that in January, like, Kayla, this is what you really want to do. Why the fuck are you listening to your ego? Mm -hmm. Like, figure it out as you go. And then that's when things started moving because I stopped listening to, Kayla, you don't know what you're doing. Like, you know, Every, there's already coaches in the world like so-and-so's yeah. already doing this so-and-so did that how can you do that you're gonna fail right right yeah so okay. maybe that brings more clarity to the absolutely just, like, the yeah language. and i think i mean i think what you call your higher self i probably if i had to name it would call like my inner watcher yeah yeah but there's different languages I right that from ah almas there you go <laughs> yeah that was not me but that's like that makes sense to me right yeah yeah just like who is who is watching your thoughts who is watching your emotions come up who is keeping you in check totally your higher self i love that that's yeah. awesome cool so you've got this amazing business coach You've got these amazing people in your life. You've had like all of this incredible learning from Landmark Forum to the secret to the power of now to many, many other things in your life. Would you be able to say who you go to for more learning? Like who are your top three, top five mentors in your life right now? So my top three... I would have to say, well, this is totally, this is totally a shout out. Like doing, doing Manifest Mondays in January was definitely a huge pivotal moment for me because now I'm actually focusing on what I want to be doing. So that is just straight up a shout out to Tara and for her being so authentic and real and just being such a beacon of light for people and for women, you know, obviously in Victoria, but across the world too. Like I know that she's starting to tap out into like internationally being an influence, right? But definitely her because it's really, it's cool to look at like Catherine Zenkina, who's definitely another one for me. She does Manifestation Babe on Instagram and Amanda Francis, right? She's like a money manifestation coach. These women, those two women are like millionaires, right? And they've been doing this for, I mean, Amanda Francis has been doing her work for over eight years now. She's self-made, incredible. I love her story. And same thing with Catherine. She's self-made and I love her story as well. But for me, it's like the fact that Tara and I come from Victoria and like, you know, we've gone to the same school together. We, we have a lot of the same connections with friends like that. I think that inspires me the most. And I think that's what people need to look for when they have a goal or they have a project or something that they want to achieve. They need to find the person that resonates with them the most and just stick with that and just trust it and believe in it and be grateful for it mm-hmm. and ask questions and reach out because all of that will 
pull you in the right direction. It's not even pushing you at that point. Like it's, it's pulling, right? Yeah. So yeah. those are, those are my three, my three ladies for sure. That's really cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I totally, I mean, I love Tara. She's on the fourth episode actually that I put out on the Island Vortex and I so appreciate, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like I so appreciate her journey and, and it, I love her authenticity and how human she is. Yeah. You know, I think that's a key thing to remember for, especially when we have these mentors that we think so highly of is not to put them on pedestals, but be like, they're on their own journey and they're leading by example. Yeah. But they're also being so human. And so, you know, as we are humans, we all make mistakes. We all like go through these hiccups in life. And it's wonderful when you have someone who is, so comfortable with who they are that they can be vulnerable in that humanness 100 percent, i yeah. love that it's so true it's raw and real yeah and people crave that mm-hmm. all over social media if somebody's being raw and real like people flock to it because especially on social media we're always just projecting this everything's gravy it looks good mm-hmm. like feels good quick fix this so then when you see like real shit it's like oh my god you haven't seen that in a while <laughs> yeah totally and you know I think that's growing and I I had this kind of inner battle with social media about a year ago where I like completely went off of it for a little while and and because because I think it was really just feeding my ego and feeding you know what I wanted people to perceive me as instead of being able to be so comfortable with myself that I could be authentic and I could be who I was and not give a crap about who else was thinking what of me. And it's not so much that I don't care. It's more that, well, the people who resonate with me will find me and the people who don't will go away. And now, you know, I get really excited about what I'm doing because it's so like it's so me and I I love it you know I, I love sitting in this present conversation with you and being able able to hear your story and then turn around and be able to share your story like that's I love that so for me social media is this beautiful place where we can shine our light and I, share yeah. with so many more people than we would normally see in one day It's so true. And it's funny because in January when I started flipping over and I totally, totally flipped my Instagram into mindset coaching and I started posting very intentionally every day with like a a valuable message I wanted to give to people. I unfollowed a lot of people, not because they're bad people. It's because like you said, I just didn't resonate with them. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, the energy, the energy exchange and the time spent of reading their stuff and their, them reading mine, it just wasn't, it just wasn't valuable anymore. And so when I eliminated that stuff off of my Instagram and my Facebook and I started following people that were more like, like minded and up to big things, that's when I was like, Oh my God, like every time I go into Instagram, like good quotes, amazing quotes, amazing women breakthroughs here. And I'm just like swiping and I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like it's, it's a tool. And again, just going to dive back into that whole conversation earlier it's a choice how you use social media. Yes, yes. And it is a tool. You're right. Like it's not just, I mean, it can be entertainment. Yep. And if that's how you want to use it, that's how you want to use it. But it can also be this huge tool. I love that. Yeah. That's so awesome. Kayla, it has been so awesome like hearing your process and being part of your process because I don't believe that you are done. I 
there's no part of me that believes that you're done growing and expanding and flourishing. So it's really exciting for me to be part of that and to reconnect with you. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I'm really excited to share it with other people as well. Um, is there any way that anybody can get into contact with you to let you know how much they love this podcast, how much they want to, you know, inspired by you or to check out your stuff? Yes, I can be found on Instagram. So at Kayla G Mindset Coaching. My name is spelled a little differently, so I'll spell it for you. K-E-H-L-A-G Mindset Coaching. And that's the main place. I've got a page on Facebook right now called Mindset Transformation. So I'm just posting, you know, from Instagram onto there. And that's probably the easiest way to reach me. And that's where I spend most of my time just sharing on a daily basis, like sharing things that I want to make a difference for people. That's so awesome. So I will put that in the show notes below. And before I let you go, I want to know if you can, if anything pops to mind, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Best piece of advice. Um, you know, it's funny as this comes out for me. My mom said it to me all the time as a kid. Everything in moderation. Great. And simple and beautiful. Yeah. It, like, I think it applies to anything, like really everything in moderation and not to sweat the small stuff and just live life how you want to live it and stop comparing yourself to others unless it motivates you to be your best self. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Kayla. Well, thank you so much, Molly. I had such a blast reconnecting with you after 11 years so unreal yeah i love it thank you